How many of you can feel the presence of the Lord in the building tonight? It is amazing. Imagine. You cannot even get a meeting with a president of a third world country. Yet the King of Kings can visit you. That is how much God loves you. God is love. And He loves to spend time with His family, with His children. How many of you would love spending time with those that you love? That is exactly how our Heavenly Father feels about you. And the moment we allow Him to come and be Lord in our hearts, He will take over. But sometimes this world, religion, tradition, our busyness, our excuses, circumstances, harden our hearts and it defiles our hearts that our hearts are not right for Him to come and visit us. Yet God says He dwells in our hearts. It is His house. And from tonight, I pray that you shall have visitations like never before. That you will have visitations in your house, on your car, at your workplace, wherever you go, that you shall have visitations from God. That people will see that you had a visitation because you get people every weekend, they have a visitation or a dream from God, yet it is not seen on their lives. The moment you have a real visitation from God, everyone around you will testify of it. When God always says, He doesn't say you will be blessed, you and your house, you and your generations. Because when God does something, it is not just for one person, it is for everyone that is around that person. Because a testimony is only a testimony by two or three witnesses. So if someone can say, I had a vision or a visitation, and there's no residue of that, that two or three people can testify that your life is different, please try eating different pizza next night. And ask God to give you a real visitation. For those religious cows and Facebook warriors, we are not seeking a sign because a perverse generation seek a sign. We are seeking a visitation. Lord, the Bible says that seek and you shall find. We are seeking the King of kings and Lord of lords. We don't seek a sign. We become a sign. Are you with me? Say with me, I become a sign. May you become a sign tonight. But God made it possible for each one of us to see Him. He has actually given us a guarantee in His Word. How many of you know that God has given you a guarantee that you will see Him? Just raise your hand if you understand that. God has given you a guarantee. And it's not like a guarantee the bank gives you. No, when God says something, He means it. God has to stand on His Word. So when God says something, it is law. He has given you a guarantee that He wants to visit you. He has given you a guarantee that you are able to see Him. Say this for me. God desires for us to see Him. Because the moment we see Him, we become like Him. Say with me, as I see Him, I become. And the more you become like Him, you'll be able to function the way God has created you to function. Because if I can just say, listen, Pastor Martin, there's something wrong with this cable. 
and I, you haven't seen me fix the cable, you'll not be able to do it. When Jesus was speaking, He says, I do everything I see my Father do. Jesus was the perfect example to us as Christians. And that is why we say, not by might, nor by power, but by His Spirit. Because the Spirit in us are witnesses of Jesus Christ and the Word of God. So when the Holy Spirit is in us, we are transformed into that image. Because without having a visitation, without seeing God, it will be nearly impossible to do what you're called to do. Because you would want to toil, you would want to do it out of your own strength. But in the moment you have a visitation, you have something to stand on. And that is Jesus Christ, the rock, our rock. Do you not know that you are living epistles? You are still busy writing. Your story is still busy writing. I want us to go to 2 Corinthians 3 verse 16. Before I start, I'm so excited because I feel the presence. I love Jesus. But I also love my spiritual parents. The Bible says, give honour where honour is due. None of you would have been here tonight if it was not for them. These testimonies that you hear here would not have been here without them. Yes, Jesus is the one that's working, but they had to pay the price to be here. So I want to honour Prophet Leon and Prophet Tess and thank you for allowing me to be here tonight. It is an honour. It is an honour to be able to be in the presence of God and to serve His people. Many pastors don't take this serious. It is like someone last night I saw, or I heard, I don't watch them because I look at what God tells me to look. I don't look at the mainstream media and the mainstream Christianity because God says, look after my sheep. But these days we have so many shepherds looking at other shepherds. They have taken their eyes off from Jesus and focusing on what is my brother doing? How can I come and throw a stone at my brother? God has not called me to look after other shepherds. He called me to look after His sheep. But it's people that has taken eyes off Jesus, they're starting to look around. When you are secure and you go to a mall, you would sit in a restaurant alone without wanting to look around because you'll just be secure. But the moment you get a bit of insecurity, not knowing who you are in Christ, you'll start looking around. Who's going to see me? I'm alone here. I think let me pay the bill and just get out of here because you feel uncomfortable. And then you start looking at other people and start judging them. And that is exactly what's going on in the body of Christ right now. People that are stepping out of the grace of God for their lives and thinking God has made them a policeman. No, you are a shepherd. Love God's people. Throw the enemy with a rock. Not God's people. Imagine someone has to come and give my daughter a hiding. You will be glad. Let's just say you'll eat airbrookies at your funeral. How must God not feel? Someone else hitting his children, his shepherds. Focus on what God has called you to do. Because the moment you're touching other things, you will not have the grace to do it. And then suddenly your car breaks. You say, but God, I tithed. But you're not doing what He's calling you to do. Be faithful in what God has called you to do. 
I don't know why I went there, but that's for free. Nevertheless, verse 16, 2 Corinthians 3 verse 16. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. How many of you have turned to the Lord and turned from the world to Jesus Christ? How many of you have done that? That means the veil of your mind are supposed to be removed. That means you're supposed to see the King of Kings. In the New Testament, the early church, for them it was normal to see angels and all these things. But for us, when we speak about angels, religion says, oh, they worship angels. No, an angel will not allow you to worship them. Only demons will. The women in the Bible had to put hats on because of the presence of angels. Because the veils over their heads was taken away. But we have placed a veil over our heads again through religion and tradition and through our lack of faith. And tonight, may those veils be removed. And I'm not even joking. Tonight, many of you will not even be able to sleep. Not because of your anxiety, not because of your fear, but because you will have a visitation from the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You will have dreams, you have visions. You will go to your house and you will not be able to sleep. You will say, I just want to watch a movie because I just want to do something. No, go into your closet and seek Him. And He who sees in the secret, He will bless you openly. I can promise you tonight, most if not all of you will struggle to sleep. And not insomnia, no. You'll have energy tomorrow morning when you stand up. Because the spirit of might will follow you. The spirit of might will be inside of you. Are you with me? Because the veil has been broken. So now longer we're not going to just go visit. No, you're going to be transformed from tonight. From tonight, you're going to be hungry for the Word of God. Because tonight, from tonight, the Word will not bring death to you anymore. But the Word will bring life into your life. That when you read this Word of God, that you will be transformed into that same image. And verse 17, it says, Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So if you are still struggling with bondages, it means you're not spending time with the Lord. You have a form of godliness. You pray your list of prayers and your wants and your needs, but you're not seeking His face. Because the moment you seek His face, He will come into your room. If you seek Him, it is a guarantee that God has given you. But we all, say with me, we all, with unveiled faces, Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So the way when the glory of the Lord comes into your room, like we did tonight, the presence of the Lord was in this building, evidently. I was walking to the back, even people in the back was crying. No one laid hands on them except the Holy Spirit. When the glory of the Lord comes into a building, your heart cannot be the same. You cannot walk out of this place the same way that you walk into this place. It's impossible. But how do you get into the glory? Because many of us, we read the Scripture as we behold His glory. But Father, I've never seen Your glory. You praise until the Spirit of praise comes. 
And when the spirit of praise comes, you worship until the spirit of worship comes. And then you worship until the King of Kings walks into your room. And when the King of Kings walk in your room, that is the place where all your fear, all your anxieties, all your troubles, your circumstances just disappear. That is where you don't have to pray for things to happen. It just happens because you see the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Are you with me? And that is where the Scripture come into place where the Bible says, Be still and know that I am God. You don't have to talk. You just have to behold. And the moment you behold, you are transformed. The Bible says, as you see it, not as you work for it. It is about seeing. And God made it possible for each one of us to see it. God wants us to look like Him. I want you not tonight to be religious. I'm going to give you scripture for every comment that I make. So if I say something and it's like, oh, just take that dagger of religion out of you, of tradition out of you. And allow the Holy Spirit to come and live in you, to open your eyes to the Word of God. Because many people read this Word without the Holy Spirit opening it for them. And the Word of God brings death without the Holy Spirit. So don't read it here, read it from here. Genesis 1 verse 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. So Adam was made in God's image and his likeness. How many of you know that? Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth. Save me all the earth. Is your sickness part of this earth? Yes, it is. Do you know your body is made out of dust? So you are supposed to have dominion over this dust. And that is why we as Christians, we fast to sow our flesh who is the King of kings and Lord of lords. That the one that's in us is stronger than he that's in the world. That the spirit in us is more stronger than our flesh. And that is why we fast. Not for more power. You don't get more power if you fast. You just get closer to the King of Kings. The, the, the Pharisees came to Jesus, and this is all for free. The Pharisees came to Jesus and said, but why is your disciples not fasting? But why must they fast if the bridegroom is with them? When I am not with them, they will fast. So when you fast, you make God more real. You bring Him closer to yourself because you die of this flesh. You will have dominion over this earth, the Bible says. So every circumstance that you and your family is facing right now, you are supposed to have dominion over that. Tonight I want your mind to change, your faith to change, that you will understand the Word of God and be transformed by the Word of God. That from tonight, and I'm not saying this to motivate you, I want to say this, when I speak like this, I am prophesying to your spirit. Are you with me? That from tonight... You will see the power and authority that you have in Jesus Christ. You will not be begging for bread. You will not be begging for a breakthrough. I saw someone while they were taking the offering and while they were praising, someone commented on Facebook and said, please pray for me to have a blessing. After tonight, you will not ask people to give you a blessing. You will understand you are a blessing. You become the source of the blessing that you will be able to give to other people. Our mindset must be changing from this. We are not beggars. Say, I'm not a beggar. I'm a child of God. Amen. And that is also why we as believers 
can do everything that Jesus Christ has done and even greater things. Because that is how God created us. In His image and in His likeness. John 14 verse 12 says, Most assuredly, so this is definitely when God says most assuredly, he's gonna, Jesus is going to say something that He really means. So this means when He says most assuredly, every form of religion tradition must step aside. And you must, yes, your spiritual ears must be open to hear what Jesus wants to say. I say to you, he who believes in me, how many of you believe in Jesus Christ? The works that I do, he will also do. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Just like I said last week in Centurion, many people say, oh, you cannot add. If Jesus haven't done it, you cannot do it. Where's that scripture? The Bible says the things that He has done will do in greater things. Okay, now you're asking me, where's a scripture? How many people did Jesus heal by His shadow? No one. Yet Peter was able to walk and do things that Jesus could not have done. So why do you put a limit upon yourself? It says you, just because you are a believer, because you need to understand you're not fasting, you're not praying, you're not begging God to be able to receive this power. No, we receive this by grace. It is by the grace of God that we receive this power because then we cannot take glory. God takes it very serious who takes the glory. He will give you power, but who will get the glory? If you're going to take the glory for yourself, believe me, you will fail quickly. And verse 13, it says, And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You see, for God, it's all about who's going to get the glory. Jesus will do it, but the Father wants the glory. You pray, Jesus do it, but the Father gets the glory. If you ask anything in my name, say anything, I will do it. Say, I will do it. How many of you believe when Jesus says you will do something, you will do it? Let me break your religion a little bit more. And I'm not speaking down to you. I'm speaking to your heart. I'm speaking to your religion. I'm speaking to what people has placed over you. Because people has tried to form you where God is your baker. He's the one that needs to mold you. And the world is trying to mold us through all social medias, through TV, through radio, through books, through schools. The world is trying to form us. But the Word of God is supposed to form us. And what we are doing from tonight is we're transforming you back to the image that God wants you to be like. Are you with me? Because if you know who you are in God, you will know what power you carry. You are made in His image and His likeness. The things that Jesus has done, you will do and greater things. Save me, I will do greater things. Do you know you as a Christian have the power to forgive someone their sins and their sins will be forgiven? Do you know you as a Christian have the power to withhold someone's forgiveness and it will be withheld from them? Do you know it? God has made us to have authority. But it comes with identity. Because if you do not have identity and you have that great power, you are like a child having a gun and you are a danger for everyone around you. 
And that is why many Christians begging God for power, begging God for power, but He will not give you anything because you do not have your identity. The power is locked up in your identity, not in your gifts, not in your personality. It is in your identity because in your identity, you'll be more like Him because our identity must be more like Him because the more we see Him, the more we become like Him. And many of people will fight me when I say this, but it's only because they do not know the identity. They have not behold the Word of God as yet that opened this gift, this inheritance that you and I received from God. That is the power to forgive and not to forgive. Christians these days still wonder if I'm saved or not saved. They still wonder, am I forgiven or not forgiven? Not understanding that you became the source to forgive and not forgive. You see the mindset the world wants us to have. Am I good enough? Am I forgiven? Where God has said, you have the power to forgive. Yet we're supposed to be the source because of Jesus Christ that dwells in us to forgive other people. But the enemy is so looking at ourselves. We're looking ourselves the whole time in the mirror. God is not saying look yourself in the mirror. He says as we behold Him in a mirror. As in a mirror. Let me give you the scripture. I said, I'll give you the scripture. John 20 verse 20. In this church, we speak the Bible. We don't speak what big evangelists preached 20 years ago. No, we preach the Bible. We do not preach with hype. We preach the Bible. I don't need to jump up and down because not one of you paid a ticket for a circus show. So that's why I like speaking because when I speak, you'll be able to hear. In this church, we will tell you the truth. Are you with me? Because many people will, I always say it in Cape Town, because Cape Town people are a bit alive. They are alive. And the pastors are next level. Next level. They, they will say things to blow up your flesh. I'm not here to blow up your flesh. I'm here to transform your spirit, man. That your flesh can be subject to that. That you can have a life and life abundance. Not a... Walking out of here, oh, what a good sermon. No, when you walk out of this place, people must say, you heard a good sermon because I can see your life is not the same when you came into this church. Because some preachers, you are blessed going in and going out. You are the head and not the tail. But they forget to tell you it is if you are obedient. It's very nice. It sounds very beautiful. But that is for those who are obedient. But anyway, let's go on. That was not part of the message. John 20 verse 20 says, When he had said this, this is speaking about Jesus now. So this is Jesus' own words. I need you to understand this. How many of you know that when Jesus spoke, he spoke the truth? Because sometimes we as Christians, we have this sickness where we make the opinions of man, the opinions of pastors, our foundation. And that is why you are trembling and you have so much fear and anxiety because the words of Jesus is null avoid because of your tradition and your religion. You made this him of no power. So when Jesus speaks, I want you to understand that every word that you had contrary to this is a lie because He is the truth. He can only speak the truth. 
And when he said this, he showed them his hands. So this was after Jesus was resurrected. He came to his disciples. He showed them his hands and his sides. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. So what did God send Jesus to come and do? To beg? To live from paycheck to paycheck? To win souls? To make disciples? To heal the sick? To bring death where they see some things are dead? To bring life again? That is what you were sent to do. To bring hope to the hopeless. Because the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. That same Scripture is for you. As the God has sent Him, Jesus now sends us. Because we are His representation and we become like Him. I hope those online are following us and they are taking notes. Because I know the people that's in this building can feel the presence of the Lord. And their lives will not be the same again. If you are, I always say, if you're not two hours, two hours is still little. If you are hungry, you will drive. If you are hungry, you'll pay the price to pay a guest house or whatever. How, many, how much money does people spend for specialists, for psychologists, this, psychologists, that? Jesus is your healer. So, if you can make it, be in this building. How many, of my, how many people are here from Cape Town? Just raise your hands. It's people that are hungry. And I did not invite them. They came on their own. Well, some of them are staff, but not all of them. So Jesus is saying, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. Why? Because you are supposed to represent the Kingdom of God because you are called to be an ambassador. Must be, you must be like-minded because you're going to have to make decisions when the King is not there. That is what ambassador does. He represents his country. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So all the religious people, that is why we breathe on you. Because Jesus has done it. That is how you receive the Holy Spirit. One of the ways. Imagine, Jesus did it, but when a pastor does it, oh, it's a cult, please. The moment you see a TV show coming against a pastor, or even against prophet, or against myself, whoever, you must know the enemy is not happy because truth is being spoken and they want to stop that at all costs. Don't listen to that nonsense because they make things up because they do not understand the Word of God. Imagine, there's people that want to make, now that I heard, there's people that want to make a show of pastors. I don't know who, which pastors. This man is batting for the other team and he's an atheist, yet Christians will watch his show. Like seriously, it's time that we open our eyes. Not everything that's on TV is real. They make money. They're serving their God, Mammon. You are supposed to serve your God and switch that nonsense off. You are supposed to say, oh, DSTV wants to come against men of God all the time. I cancel my description. Imagine every Christian does that. It is time that the kingdom of God is the violent take it by force. Because you do not know who you are that we're just punching bags the whole time. But anyway, that was not part of my message. 
So this is verse 23. It says, read with me. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. This was Jesus speaking to His disciples. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. Might be someone that's addicted, someone that is angry, a Satanist, an atheist. If you forgive them, the sins are forgiven. The Bible doesn't even say, let them first beg you or ask you to forgive them. So you can just literally walk to someone and say, I see you have a sickness. Go and sin no more. You are forgiven. Yet we are still struggling as Christians, understanding, am I saved or not saved? Am I forgiven or not forgiven? The enemy is keeping us busy with nonsense. You will become the source of forgiveness. It is not something you have or you only receive. It is something you become. Freely you receive, freely give. Next, so stay on the scripture. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. So you have the power to forgive and you have the power to not forgive. You see what I mean? There is power in who we are. And that is why we need our identity and because or else we will go from people and we'll just hate, hate, hate and we'll not forgive and the sins will be retained from them. How many of you have seen when you forgive someone, you get healed or they get healed? Was it Jesus that healed them? No. It is your forgiveness. The disciples of Jesus saw Him every single day. And as they saw Him, they became just like Him. That when the high priest, the high priest, you must understand that all of these people, they knew exactly who Jesus Christ was. How many of you can concur that? The people in that time, they knew exactly how Jesus looked, who Jesus was. The high priest knew Him because Jesus was opening scrolls in the, in the synagogues many times. They know exactly who He was. Yet the moment they wanted to come and take Him to the cross, Judas had to tell them which one is Jesus. Why? Because His disciples became just like Him. Because they beholded Him the whole day. They were physically transformed to look like Him. Imagine. You can go read that at home. Matthew 26, verse 47 to 49. I'm going to read verse 48 just to give you a picture. Now His betrayer had given them a sign saying, whoever I kiss, He is the one, sees Him. Why did they have to kiss Jesus to let them show who Jesus is? They knew exactly who He was. I think Prophet Leon preached this in the past. It's Kimatizo, if I'm not mistaken. As you behold, you become. And that is why Jesus said, the things that I have done, you can do in greater things, but you have to behold what He have done. That is why people say, oh, imagination is so even, evil. No. The devil just perverted imagination. God has given you imagination to imagine. It is not new age. How do you see the Lord on the throne? Faith in imagination is married. 
it isn't a sin to be like Jesus and God. It is not a sin to copy Jesus and God. It doesn't mean you are God. You are a God with a small g. Did Jesus not say, are ye not gods? When he's speaking to the people. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. You need to know your identity to be able to walk in what God has for you. Ephesians 5 verse 1 says this. Because people will think I am blasphemy right now. Therefore be imitators of God as dear children. An imitator is someone who copies the behavior or action of another. So God here is saying copy me. Do what I do. I never seen Jesus beg for anything. I never Jesus I never seen Jesus having fear, having anxiety. Why do you think it wasn't blasphemy for Peter to wanted to walk on the water? He saw Jesus doing something and understanding his identity that if Jesus can do it, he can do it. And then he walked on the water. Jesus didn't ask him, "Hi Peter, do you want to see if you can walk on the water?" That is unbelief. Peter asked him, "Can I come off the boat?" It is time that we take a step of faith and not stay in the boat and say, "Don't wait for someone to ask you to do something. Go and be the hands and feet of Jesus for other people." But you will have to be transformed into that image. Are you with me? And still, there's people. That think they are not good enough to have a visitation. It's because they have not seen themselves through the eyes of God. If you have seen yourself through the eyes of God, you would know you are good enough to have a visitation. Your worth is the price of a king. Your worth is the price of Jesus Christ. That is how much you are worth. But your mind, your image that you have created because of your sins, your circumstances, the places where you grew up, has perverted who you are, and you think that is who you are. I am not worthy, for I am undone. We need to see ourselves through Jesus Christ. We do not get a visitation by works. A visitation comes by grace. It comes through the blood of Jesus Christ. It comes through Christians that say they are hungry for more of God. It is for those who says they have a pure heart. How do we step in what God has for us? How do we see Him more and become like Him? As I said in the beginning, each one of us have a guarantee we can see God. Where is that in the Bible? I'm glad you asked. Matthew five verse eight. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The moment your heart is pure, you shall see God. Not if you do this, if you do that. No, the moment your heart is pure, you shall see God. Say with me, I will see God. If my heart is pure. What is a pure heart? 
How do you get a pure heart? It is someone that is washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. It is someone that is washed by the Word of God and it's like water to your soul. It is someone that knows that all their guilt, all their condemnation has been removed. It is someone that loves the enemies as they love themselves because they have been transformed by the Word of God. You don't receive a pure heart through works. You receive a pure heart through knowing the King of Kings, through having an intimate relationship with Him. If you were here tonight while we were worshipping and you were saying, this is long, this is warm, you need to repent and get an intimate relationship with God. Because when His presence is here, you're thinking of, can we just skip? What form of familiarity do we not have? In China, they sit in caves. They get killed for their religion. Yet we, it's a bit warm here. Why are we sitting so full? Be glad there's someone else sitting next to you because someone else could have been in the world. This person that's sitting next to you could have been your enemy, but now they are your brother. Be happy if they sit close to you. You believe in God and He creates in you a pure heart. To receive a pure heart is by faith, not by works. Psalm 51 verse 10 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. So what God is the one that creates a clean heart, a pure heart in you. Not you, but you have to ask Him. Because the Bible says, whatever you ask Him, He will do it. And renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. And do not take your Holy Spirit from me. David was prophesying here for us who has the infilling of the Holy Spirit in us. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. He was prophesying the desire that you and I have to have in our hearts. I don't know how many of you know that I love my children, my wife, but that my love for them must look like I hate them in comparison to God. Oh, I can't come to church because my, my child is tired. And you're still wondering why your life is the way you are. Tomorrow morning, you're all going to, well, yeah, it's tomorrow Tuesday. Tomorrow morning, all of you are going to force your children to come to school. Yet if we say, force your children to come to church, <laughs> you fear the world more than you fear God. Verse 12, it says, so this must be our hearts. When you have a pure heart, this will be a cry. That when God calls you and says, listen, I want to spend, there's an unction on your heart. Sometimes you have an unction to go and pray. Oh, but I have a movie with my girlfriend. Oh, my family. Who's your family? Those that do the will of God. We have placed our family and our loved ones above Jesus Christ. I'm not saying write your family off. No, those are the first ones you go to minister to, to show them the love that you have received. Because they know you the best. They will know that you are changed by the power of God. But you don't allow them to control and manipulate you. I remember the first few years when I got saved, I didn't see my brother for three years. And then when I wanted to start a church, he said to me, you're a dreamer, to my wife. And then in my church, the first time he stepped in there, God is life saved. God saved him. That is the God that we serve. Are you with me? And now he's an equal leader. 
How much more can God not do for you? But the problem is we submit to voices because we have not behold Him. And we let people's voices and opinions form us and form our identity. And that is why we cannot have a visitation because our heart is not pure. Verse 12, it says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. But David, there was no salvation yet. You see, this is for you and I. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your way and sinners shall be converted to you. The moment God changes you, automatically it will be your heart's desire to change other people's lives because that is what a pure heart does because they understand that they are forgiven of much and that is why they forgive much. If you have a pure heart, you would know it is by the grace of God. Believe me, I was the chief sinner before I gave my life to Jesus. I think there were parents that were just hiding their daughters from me before I got saved. Because I was a menace. Say, but God changed my identity. Because the world told me I had to do all these things to feel whole. And never I felt whole. I always lacked something in me. It is not your boyfriend's hug that you need. You need an encounter with the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that your body is crying out for. It is not just another fix. It is the Holy Spirit that your body is needing. James 4 verse 8, and this is still the introduction. I'm not going to try to be long because tomorrow night is going to be power. Prophet Leon is going to be in this building. And I know that I know that tomorrow night is going to be fire. If you need a word from God tomorrow night, I want to encourage you, come with a desire. Come and pull on the mantle that's upon Prophet Leon. Bring business papers, bring medical bills, bring debt, bring anything. Let him anoint it and see what God can do. After tonight, you understand why he can do what he does and why I can do what I can do. Because I have a pure heart and I have behold. And as I behold, I become. I don't beg God to heal people. I heal them. I never ask God to heal people. I command healing. And it says in James 4 verse 8, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. You see, God wants you to visit Him. But He wants you to take the first step. Cleanse your hands, you sinner, and purify your hearts. So come to God and allow Him to purify your heart. But... You're double-minded. You are double-minded. God is just saying, stop being double-minded. Having religion bind you. Oh, it is not for me because I have sinned. This sickness has a, a legal right now. Is your sins stronger than the blood of Jesus Christ? Does your sin, is your sin like typics to remove the blood of Jesus? So why do you allow the enemy to tell you you have a sickness because of your sin? Sin was dealt with on the cross. What Jesus actually was saying is stop thinking that you're not good enough. I paid for you to be transformed into my image and into my likeness. Adam has lost it. 
But the second Adam, Jesus Christ, came to restore it for you and I, that we once again can be in God's image and His likeness. So in short, Jesus is the one that cleans your heart, but He uses His Word. Ephesians 5 verse 25. Husbands, love your wife just as Christ also loved the church. So we are the bride of Christ. And gave Himself for her that He might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the Word. It is the Word of God that washes your heart clean. Because in your mind you say, I deserve better. In your heart you say, but where's my enemy? Let me curse my enemy and they'll be cursed. But the moment you read the Word of God, you will not want to do that. You would want to love your enemy. You would want to bless those who curse you. We have to purify our hearts by the Word of God. That He might present her to Himself as a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. And that is why we have to study the Word of God daily. How many of you only shower once a week or bath once a week? So you, you wash your flesh more than you wash your spirit, man. You have to wash your heart with the Word of God every single day. When someone offends you, even if they sin seven times, seventy times seven, you forgive them. You wash yourself. Are you with me? And when He washes us, He changes us the way we see ourselves. The Word of God will change the way you see yourself. And then we become just like He is. As a man thinketh in his heart. In his heart. What voices have you allowed to tell you who you are in your heart? What lies of this world have you listened to? Who told you cannot be great one day? Who told you you're going to struggle just like your parents? Who told you you're going to divorce just like your parents? Who have you allowed to speak into your heart? It is time that we wash our hearts with the Word of God, that we can have life and life abundant because the issue of life flows out of our hearts. So we have to renew our minds with the Word of God. That is our mind of our heart. Are you with me? We are no longer orphans, but we are adopted by God. You receive a visitation because He chose you first. You did not choose Him. You, he chooses you first. He wants you to visit Him. But not just visit, but have a habitation to dwell in His presence. The biggest enemy to stop you from seeing God is unbelief. Because unbelief will cause you not to become like Him. Because you do not believe that Scripture is for you. What is unbelief? Because many people think they do not have unbelief because they understand the Bible. Or they have the Bible. Unbelief is when Jesus says you lay your hands on the sick. You decide, but I'm not sure if it's going to work. That is unbelief. That means you still not have belief. And that will stop you to be transformed because as a man thinketh, as a man believe in his heart, so is he. 
So you will have to remove unbelief and allow faith to come inside of you. Because faith is the oxygen or the blood that goes in your veins as a Christian. Faith is what you stand on. Faith is the field that your car runs on. Are you with me? Matthew 17 verse 70 says this. I want to show you the power of not having faith. But tonight you will have faith. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless, meaning they did not have faith. The disciples, this was the disciples, the apostles. O faithless and perverse generation. So Jesus was calling them, in other words, perverts, because they did not have faith. A pervert or perverse generation and a faithless generation is the same thing in God's eyes. O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I be with you? Bring him here to me. This is when the disciples struggled to cast out a demon. And Jesus said, just bring him to me that I can show you again and again. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the child was cured from the very hour. Jesus was very frustrated and angry at this moment because they have saw Him, but they have not fully become like Him. And that is why I asked them, how long shall I be with you? In other words, how long will you still have to look at me to become like me? How many demons must I still cast out that you'll be able to cast them out the way I do it? That is what Jesus was saying to them. How long will I be with you? How long will you see me, how I do things before you'll be able to do it, to understand that I am just an image of how you must become. That the things that I do, you are doing greater things, yet you are struggling with this little demon. Faith has the power to transform a person. And the moment you have faith is the moment that you will have visitations because then your heart will be pure because you believe the Word of God. So the moment you read the Word of God and you believe it, it washes your heart clean and then automatically it makes your heart pure and then automatically God's Word has to come to fulfillment. It means you have to see Him. That is why many of you, don't even raise your hand, just not in your heart. But how many of you pray for financial breakthrough or for a blessing? I cannot remember when last I prayed for money or blessing because I have a scripture that is the truth. Where there is unity, there is a commanded blessing. So when me and my house, me and my wife have unity, we do not need to pray for money. Money just follows us. But some of you, you have so much strife and this unity in your house that money runs everywhere except to you. Because if money finds you, it comes against the Word of God. When we speak about the blessing of God, sometimes we think it is like the lotto or like a slot machine that only some lucky people can get the blessing of God. Only some lucky people can see God. That is not how it works. And that is why the Bible says God is not a respecter of persons. The blessing of God is for each and every one of us. It's not just for some lucky ones or some ones that have faith to have it. No, it is for every single one. God's blessing isn't just for some few people. No, it is for everyone because 
the reason why we're not walking in it is because we become complacent. Our identity we found in the world. If you don't work hard, if you don't toil, you'll not be blessed. No, there's a difference between working hard and toiling. Working hard, you will see, you will eat the fruit of your labor. Toiling is you will toil, you toil, and someone, your boss will be rich, but you'll still be poor. We're not called to toil. We work yet to work hard and be blessed. Are you with me? But it's because we have allowed the world to tell us who we are, what we can do and what we cannot do. And then you get even some pastors that follows the world. Oh, you can't interview demons. Why not? It works. Where's Robert? Robert, did you manifest like full-blown? Did your wife manifest full-blown? Are you guys free? Is there peace in your house? Oh, so it worked speaking to his demons. Now he's free. He's an eager breather. Vanessa, Ben, Amurai, the same for you guys. I mean, his daughter was, their knees were painful. Don't allow the world tell you who you are and who you're not. Amazing. Oh my goodness. Now he's full-time in ministry working for the church. This guy had a stubborn demon. I mean, don't allow the world to tell you what you can and cannot do. Let the Word of God be your foundation. Are you with me? We unlock the blessing of God through Jesus Christ and understanding the rights that we have through the Word of God. Isaiah 43 verse 26 says, Put me in remembrance. Let us contend together. Remind God of His Word and the promises that He has over your life. Oh God, can you please bless me? I know I am a sinner. I'm not good enough. Please, please bless me, Jesus. I know I sinned. Please heal my healing. Is that contending with God? That is what the world tells you is contending. Father, I thank you that you've taken all my sicknesses, all my diseases, all my sins was taken because by your stripes I am healed. Your word says I'm supposed to be healed. Why do I not see it? Content, not beg. State your case that you may be acquitted. State your case. Do you know what the word acquitted means? The meaning, it means to free someone from a criminal charge by verdict of not guilty. Remind God of His word that He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to make you who were guilty not to be guilty. You have the power to forgive. Why do you think I cannot be forgiven? Do you know really how great our God is? Do you understand the love of our God? He is love. The only reason why He gives you hiding is because He loves you. Because You need to understand you are not an ordinary person. The place where you grew up does not define you. Your family's DNA, your surname does not define you the moment you become a Christian. Krugersdorp does not define where you're going to be and where you can go. We need to stop receiving what people say and walk in what God has for us. Know who you are in Christ. And that is why we need to know the Word of God because we can't trust what people say because people just want for themselves. People are just evil. 
It is what it is. We have to make them not evil by the washing of the Word of God. We can't rely on our past or where we come from or what family we come from. You cannot rely on that. When you buy something new, let's say I buy whatever, this light. For the first time in my life, I'm not just going to plug it in and just press buttons. No. You're going to go and read the manual of that light. How many of you can conclude that? Before you go and ride a car, you don't just jump in a car because you saw your mom do it. No. You're going to understand clutch, first gear, clutch, petrol. You're going to you understand. You're going to have to read a manual how this thing works or else it will be a big mess. And that is why the world is where it is right now because Christians don't understand they are new creations yet they have not read the manual. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Have you read the manual that speaks about how you are supposed to function now? Things that are impossible for others have suddenly become possible for you by grace. Have you read the manual? Other people will die of sickness. Have you read your manual that says by His stripes you were healed past tense? Have you read your manual? Oh, but I do not have mind capacity. Oh, that the Bible not says he, God will take the foolish things of this world and put to shame the wise. So if you are foolish, God will tell you, listen, you are a new creation. Now I will use you to put to shame the wise. Have you read the manual that was written about your life, about the new person you're supposed to be? Or do you still think in your heart like the old man? And that is why you receive what the old man's supposed to receive. That is why you think you're not good enough to have a visitation because you have not read the manual. The Bible says, all things have passed away. Say, all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So the power that your house address have over you, the power that your family bloodline has over you have been made new the moment you give your life to Jesus. It has lost its power over you. So if you were poor before Jesus, unwise, you had no strength or ability, you need to understand the day that you gave your life to Jesus, all things have become new. And no one will understand you. You can't limit yourself and what God can do in and through you. You are destined to have a blessed life. You are destined, say I am destined to have a blessed life. God didn't send His Son that one day in heaven we will have a blessed life. No. He has sent His Son, Jesus Christ, that on this earth you may be fruitful and multiply. Are you with me? That in this life you're supposed to be blessed. That you can receive life and life abundance. It means you don't have one holiday house, you have abundance, you have more than one. This year I want to go to the ocean. Not just here. This month I want to go to the ocean. Next month I want to go to the wild. Maybe next month I will go to Dubai. Life and life abundant. It means you're no longer limited from where you come from. Because people can quickly say, Krugersdorp is a place where finances is not there. Where there's Satanist. Or where there's too much atmospheres. Are you not the one that's supposed to change the atmosphere? 
I want to ask you, if Jesus Christ was walking here, if He was standing here tonight, do you think atmosphere will change Him or bother Him? No, He will change the atmosphere. You are supposed to change the atmosphere wherever you go. Your family does not define you anymore because you are a new creation. Your family bloodline sickness is not your portion because you are a new creation. Imagine the devil even tried the same trick to Jesus Christ to limit him from where he comes from. It is not new that the enemy is telling you you will not go out of the city. Your grandparents was in Krugersdorp, you were staying in Krugersdorp. They were working for checkers, you were maybe work for pick and pay. That is just your family. No, that is the lie of the enemy. And the same thing they used with Jesus. John 1 verse 46 says, And Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? trying to limit even our Lord Jesus Christ from where He comes from. But they did not know where He comes from actually. And I love the attitude of Philip. Say with me, attitude. I like his pride. Say, I like his pride. Because people see confidence as pride. I don't like his pride. He had confidence and people call it pride. Come and see. Nathaniel, come and see. We as Christians these days, I don't know, I just have to make excuses. If it's God's will, He will heal you. If it's God's will, He will bless you. Come and see. Come and test and see that the Lord is good. Come and see. I like the attitude of Philip. Come and see what can come out of Krugersdorp. Come and see what can come out of Cape Town, out of Centurion, out of Michalisberg. Come and see. Come and see what can come out of South Africa. Most men of God that is very anointed, that books you are reading, receive their mantle in, in South Africa. If you go back into the histories, many of them are still alive now. They were nothing until they stepped on this land. There's something special about this place. And even people try to limit Jesus, not just from where He comes from, but by who's His family. Matthew 13 verse 54. When he had come to his own country, he taught them in the synagogue. So they were astonished and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Trying to limit Jesus Christ by from whose family is from. Is not his mother Mary and his brother James, Joseph, Simon and Judas and his sister, are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. Now he did not do many mighty works because of their unbelief. And that is why people will be offended by you. How is it suddenly that you have joy? They are doing everything to make you have depression. Suddenly the next morning after you were at encounter service, you have joy. Suddenly you go to your psychologist and tell him, listen, I don't have a problem. They will be offended and they will want to prescribe more medicine to you. They will have unbelief. It is normal, people. But don't allow them to form your identity. Be washed by the Word of God. 
The way these people fought in the Bible limited what they could receive from God, the blessing of God. The only one that didn't receive something was them. They did not limit what God can give because everywhere else Jesus went, all was healed, all was delivered. They only limited what they can receive because of how they fought. Tonight, you will stop limit yourself by what you can receive. To understand your identity you have in God, you are made in His image and His likeness. Because you and I, we limit ourselves by the way that we think, the way we behold ourselves because we have not behold Him and allowed Him to transform us. The moment you give your life to Jesus, all past limitations get removed. There is no more condemnation. There is no more guilt. The moment you give your life to Jesus Christ, you are a new creation. Because, say with me, because. You see yourself coming from Krugersdorp, Centurion, Cape Town, wherever you're watching on us from online, you see yourself coming from that. But then the Bible says, you're in this world, but not of this world. Why do you limit yourself to your house address if you're only a limited time on this earth? You are from heaven. That is supposed to be where you get your identity from, from heaven, not from where you come from on this earth. So you come from heaven, not from the poor town you come from or the place where everyone struggles with depression, where everyone makes girls pregnant before they finish school. You are not defined by that place. You're defined because of you giving your life to Jesus Christ. You're defined by heaven and what heaven says about you. You are not poor because your parents are poor. How many of you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? That makes Him your Father. So that means your earthly DNA has no more power over you because your DNA come from Him. And believe me, God lacks nothing. There's not an inch of poverty in Him. He's just giving the whole time. I want to ask you something tonight. Can anything good come from where you come from? That is a good answer, but not the right answer. Come and see. Say, come and see. Can anything good come from where you come from? Come and see. Let no one steal your identity. The Bible says, let no man steal your crown. A king has a crown. Let no man steal your crown. Understand who you are in God. Understand your identity. Let no one take your inheritance or the blessing that God has given you. Your identity is locked up in the Word of God. The blessing of Abram is yours, full stop. Say with me, the blessing of Abram, and I'm almost done, don't worry. Say the blessing of Abram is mine, full stop. No matter what I do, it is mine. It is an inheritance. I did not work for it. I received it by grace. Galatians 3 verse 14. And I want you, I'm going to read this prophetically. So I want you to read it with, not I'll read it, but just be bear with me. That the blessing of Abram 
might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. So the blessing of Abraham is upon you because you are in Jesus Christ, not because of anything you did. Because you are in Jesus, the blessing is automatically upon you. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. You see, faith is very important. Because through faith, your heart gets washed and it becomes to purify your heart and you believe that and you become that. The power that you walk in is the power that you believe in. And the power that you don't believe in is the power you don't walk in. I'm not special. I just have faith in Jesus. That's why I can do what I do. I literally, I'm the foolish one it takes to put the same the wise. Because I'm childish enough to believe every word that God says. That is why He used me, not because I'm an apostle or a pastor or a teacher. No, He uses me because I have faith and I believe in His Word. Because His Word is above His name and He cannot lie. That when He says, I'm good enough, I'm good enough. That when He says, I'm blessed going in and out, I will be blessed. When He says, I'll be healed, I'll be healed. When He says, He forgive me, He forgive me. So condemnation has no power. When enemy comes to me, I just tell him, shut up. I don't go and, uh, uh, did I really do that? Did I really say that? No. The moment condemnation, guilt comes, I'm just saying, listen, shut up. Can you not see the blood of the Lamb? God does not even remember my sins. How who are you to remember it? You understand? I'm nothing special. It is the Word of God that is washing my heart, purifying my heart. And that is why I can see God. And that is why after tonight, you will be able to see God. Because as I'm speaking, you're receiving a greater measure of faith to be able to wash your heart clean with the blood of Jesus Christ. To understand tonight that the blessing of Abraham is your portion. You don't have to pray for it. It is your portion. You don't have to pray to be blessed. You are blessed. Brethren, I speak in the manner of men. Though it is only man's covenant, yet if it is confirmed, no one annuls or add to it. So no one can remove it and no one can add. No one can remove it or add requirements to receive it. No one can annul it and no one can add to it. You receive it by grace. So no one can say, oh, you have to do this and this before you receive it. No, no one can add to it. No one can put a requirement to this. If you give your life to Jesus and you are in Him, the blessing is yours. Oh, but pastor, my sin. Okay, I'll show you now. Your sin has no power even over that. Now to Abram and his seed with the promise made he doesn't. Now to Abram and his seed. It's a capital S, so it speaks of Jesus. It doesn't speak of seeds. How many of you are the seed of Jesus Christ? The child of God. With the promise made, He does not say, and to the seeds, as of many, but as one, and to your seed who is Christ. And this I say, that the law, say with me the law, that your flesh, that your works, whenever you see the law, see works, See your flesh. That the law, which was 430 years later, cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ. So your works cannot annul the covenant that God has made. Meaning your sins cannot annul it. It doesn't give you a right to sin. 
if you love Jesus, you don't want one sin. It doesn't give you the right, but if you fall, it will not stop the blessing of God over your life. If you believe it and receive it, that it should make the promise of no effect. It will not make the promise of no effect. Your flesh cannot stop the blessing of God. Only the way you think can stop the blessing. How many times have you wanted to give someone a gift and they say, no, no, it's too big? Because they do not understand that they are worth that thing. And that is what we do when we come to God, not understanding the worth that He has made us to be. And then He wants to give us a free gift and I'm like, no, I'm not good enough. He didn't ask you to work for it. His son, Jesus Christ, already worked for it. You think you're worthless because you have not behold His glory. You have not seen who you are supposed to be. When God sees you, He sees His Son. We are the body altogether of Christ. For if, verse 18, for if the inheritance is of the law, of the flesh and of works, it is no longer of promise. But God gave it to Abram by promise. Say with me, it's by promise. I receive it not by works, but as a free gift through Jesus Christ. Say thank you, Jesus. So what is Abram's blessing that you and I received? And this is my last scripture. Genesis 12 verse 1. And this is what God has given you through the Jesus Christ. This is your portion. But the moment the Word washes you is the moment that you can become like that Word and you receive what that Word says. So now I've given you the faith to know whatever is written in this next Scripture, it is yours. You see what faith makes nice? Because now you don't doubt, you don't think I have to work for it. You understand that through the blood of Jesus Christ, you receive this next blessing. And this is who you are. This is part of your identity. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from the family, from your father's house to a land I will show you. I will make you a great nation. So you're supposed to be a great nation. I will bless you. I just want to see something. Okay, it's not profit. I have to see. Because I respect him when he sends me a message. I don't leave his message for the next morning because I do not have familiarity because it removes the anointing. I have preached how many times like I will walk out of the church while I was actually busy because I understand when he speaks to me it's not because he's just bored. No, he wants to give a message or something purpose. So when he comes and he wants to prophesy you be hungry. Believe me, you can hear God. And verse 2 it says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. So you are blessed. You don't have to pray for a blessing. If you understand it, you are blessed. And make your name great. So your name is actually supposed to be great. Your name is, you're actually supposed to be famous for His name's sake. One day when I have the biggest church in Cape Town, I will be famous and I'll make His name great. And I know, I know some of the mafia churches will not be happy if I say that. 
because they come in the strength of man. They come in the strength of Goliath, inherited money. I come by the grace of God like David. I'm not saying it because I want to hype people up. I have seen the church, believe me. I had a visitation from Jesus Christ. I saw the church. He walked me into the church. I didn't want to be there because I saw it was too big. And he said to me, now preach in your church. The moment he said that in the visitation, all fear went away and peace came because I have beheld it. It's not a dream. It's not a good thing. It's not a manipulation suggestion. I know how big the church is going to be. It is a matter of time. Even if they plant the church 800 meters from my church, thank you. Just let me know when I must take the building over. And it goes on. So first, you'll become a great nation. I will bless you and I'll make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. So you are supposed to bless other people because that is when you are a blessing. So you are not supposed to pray, please give me a blessing, God. No, you're supposed to have abundance that you must be able to give to others. Not because you work for it, but because you receive it by the grace and by Jesus Christ that everything you do shall be blessed. If you go and work for someone else, that company will be blessed because you are there. Even if they're not Christians, they shall be blessed because you are there and you shall get more and more to give to others. We are supposed to be blessed and not just a bless, but a blessing. And it goes on. So this is what you receive for free. Say for Mahala. For free. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 3, it says, How, what is the quickest way to get blessed? Look at me. I want to show you the quickest way to get blessed. And I will show you the quickest way to be cursed. I will bless those who bless you. So Pastor Martin, just stand there. So how do you think? Just stand there. Now you are praying, Father, please bless me. I beg you, Jesus. I please beg me. <laughs> Next month I will give my tithe. <laughs> I will serve more longer. No. Do you know how you get a blessing? Father, I pray that you bless Martin. I pray that you bless him. Everything he touched, let it be blessed. Because the moment you bless another Christian, God has to bless you. You look for someone that lacks something and you say, here is what you need. And the moment you bless another Christian, God has to bless you. That is the quickest way to get a blessing of God. But you have to believe this is what you receive freely by Jesus Christ. Know who you are in Him. You are a blessing. You become a source of blessing. Even if you want to be cursed, and I will curse Him who curse you. So if I want to be cursed, I go and curse other Christians. I'd be jealous when their businesses are doing well and I start doing cunning businesses. That is the quickest way to get cursed. And that is why the Bible says, bless those who curse you. Because the moment you bless them, God will bless you. And then God must take vengeance because they have cursed you, so God has to curse them. You become the Word. You become the blessing of God. And in all your... F and in you, say in me, stand to your feet. Say in me, put your hand on your chest. All the families of the world shall be blessed. So that means you have the blessing that someone else needed already in you.
but you need faith in this. You need to allow the Word to purify your heart that you can see God as the blessing, as the source that lacks nothing, that when you see someone that needs, you can just say, receive it. Why do you think I can just say to someone, be healed? Or hamstring be? Imagine a man, and I did it, and it's a tes- we have testimony of this. Someone that's hamstring was taken out. How do I say, hamstring be, hamstring be, and I could say it, and say it, and say it, six, seven, you guys were there. Seven, eight, nine, ten times I said, hamstring be, I did not say, please Jesus, I did not beg him. I said, hamstring be, and hamstring was there. How do you think that's possible? Because I am made in His image and in His likeness. So when God wanted to create something, what did He do? Did He go and pray to the other God there and say, please, can you help me to do this? No. He said, light be. It is time that you look in your circumstances. Now how difficult it looks. Now how, no matter how impossible your circumstances look, behold His glory and be transformed into that same glory. That when you see your circumstances, it doesn't become impossible. It becomes simple. It becomes easy. And you just look at your circumstances and you say, be gone right now in Jesus' name. Money, be. People think, people think Pastor Chris is crazy when he says, money, be. Debt, be cancellation. Jesus, you can even ask God, you can even command the world to pay your, ta- your, your taxes. Imagine, Jesus wanted money to pay His taxes. He didn't, He had someone that had money for Him, but He didn't want to use His own money. And He said to His disciples, please just go catch a fish. I'm not going to let the enemy steal my money. I'm going to give him some of the world's money. Catch a fish, and the first fish you catch, you pay my taxes. As He is. So am I. Say, so am I. I. Lift your hands to heaven. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you that the veil of religion and tradition is removed. Right now, I receive faith and more of your Holy Spirit that when I read your word, it will become real to me that I will see you, I will behold you in your Word and your Word will purify my heart that I will see you, that I'll be like you. I am blessed. I am good enough. I am the head. I am a blessing to others. I lack nothing because of Him that is in me. When I open my mouth, it shall be words of power, not of doubt. From tonight, Father, I thank You that my words are anointed. I thank You that I will have visitations. I thank You that tomorrow night, You will locate me and prophesy over me and help me to have a visitation because of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. That is, give God a praise.
are not supposed to be familiar with men and women of God and even your brothers in Christ. That is why I love the African people. They bow before men of God, not because they worship man, because they understand that this man of God is a man of God because he has behold it. So when they bow down, it is to the mantle that's upon him, not the man himself. So when Prophet Leon comes, when I'm here, when Pastor Martin, when Prophet Tess is here, when whoever is preaching, when your e-group leader is taking the e-group, he is not your e-group leader. He's the other man. And the moment you see that person as the other man, you receive the other man's blessing. The moment your family starts seeing you as the other man, the blessing will flow. Are you with me? So tomorrow night, I want you to be hungry. When you come into this building, put a man, put a hunger, put a pulling on the mantle that's on Prophet Leon. The God part of God that's upon him. Be hungry, say God, I will not leave this place until you locate me. Not because you're good enough. Again, don't think, oh, if it's gonna happen. No, you are a son, you're not an orphan. You come with a mindset, and I'm hoping I'm helping you to change your mind. You come in this place and God, I thank you tonight I'm getting my word. You can ask Pastor Martin, when prophet wants a prophet, I just tell everyone, just sit next to me, you'll see I'll get a word. Why? Because I'm always hungry for the word of God. Because I understand when a man of God speaks or woman of God speaks, there is powers as if Jesus is speaking in my eyes. I take it to the bank. It is a guarantee. Are you guys excited to have a visitation? Give Jesus a praise. Yeah! Why, why do we praise like this? We don't praise. Many people think when Prophet and my wife does this, it is because they want to be different. No. It's because they understand, they have revelation of the Word of God that when they praise, every spirit of depression has to leave. Every spirit of heaviness has to leave because you are transformed into another image. Because if you stand like this, if you stand like this in worship, you have not behold the Son that worships His Father and gives His Father all the glory. If you struggle still to lift your hands and close your eyes and surrender to God, you have not seen Jesus done that. You have not seen Him cry out to His Father. And that is why we do these things. I like people to praise because you know why? The enemy is doing everything to destroy your life. But he is defeated because tonight the veil of religion and tradition is removed. And tonight, I, I ask you tonight, go read something in the Bible and allow the Holy Spirit to make that thing real to you. It is not like the book of Jumanzi. No, this is real. Jumanzi is trying to copy the Bible. When you read the Bible, it's supposed to pop up and become real. When you see Jesus spit on the man that needed the eye, you must see Him spitting on it. When you see Him lay His hand on the sick, next time you see someone who needs healing, you imagine yourself doing it the way Jesus did it, and it shall be done. And that is why Jesus said, lay your hands on the sick. He didn't say pray for them, because that means it's you. Because if you have seen Him lay His hands on the sick, and you do it, it's not you who does it. 
because you are transformed into His image. So the moment you lay your hands on the sick, it is not you lay your hands, it is Him who lays hands through you on the sick.